The Word of God is living. It is powerful, infallible, indestructible, incorruptible, and it will work mightily in me. And now, your host, Pastor Jerry Maya Williams, from the service already in progress. As we share the bread and the wine, we share it with one another to express the union of all believers. And this is what the Word of God shows us. That communion reminds us of our oneness. Communion reminds us that none of us, no man is an island. No man stands alone in the body of Christ. For we're all one. We are one bread, one body, and we all partake of that one bread. So the word communion in the word of God is a very interesting word. And if we can understand this word, then I think we get a little more light about what communion is all about. The word communion in the Bible is the Greek word kononia. Let me say that again, kononia. And the word kononia means fellowship. It means partnership. It means participation and it means social intercourse. That's what kononia means. So when we observe the Lord's Supper, that is an opportunity for fellowship. That is our opportunity to be reminded of our partnership with one another. It is an opportunity to understand that we are participants, not alone, but we're participants together. And it gives us an opportunity to understand how important that social intercourse is between believers. And social intercourse is, is when you have a conversation with one another. When you have any exchange with one another on any level, that's social intercourse. And we need to understand how we treat our brother, how we treat our sister. That's exactly how we're treating ourselves because Paul says we are one. Glory to God. So communion is oneness. Huh? One bread, one body, one loaf. And like what Paul said here, he says, though we be many, and we're very diversified. You know, none of us are the same as everybody else. Everybody has their uniqueness. Everybody have their own history. Everybody comes from a different place. Everybody has their own individualities, but yet we are one. So Paul says, though, for we, though being many, we are one bread, one body, and we all partake of that one bread. You know, as I was really getting the mind of God about this message, I, I thought about my father, and I thought about how much uh, I was like my father, even though I wasn't trying to be like my father. My father, as we grew up, he never would buy one loaf of bread. He would buy 12, 13, 14, 15 loaves of bread, stack them in a freezer because we had a large family. I need you to listen to this. And I did the same thing. You know, I, we were a family, growing up, we were a family of 11. But my family, Joyce and I, and the, our children, we were a family of seven. And we had a deep freezer. And when we went shopping, we would not buy one loaf of bread, two loaves of bread. We would buy 12, 13 loaves of bread. Glory to God. A lot of bread, isn't it? 
But this is not what Paul is saying. He's not talking about fire, barley, loaves. He's not even talking about two loaves. He's talking about one loaf. We are one loaf. One loaf. And one loaf is a metaphor for one bread and one body. Glory to God. And oftentimes we see ourselves as different loaves. We see ourselves sometimes that maybe we're a non-denominational loaf, a Pentecostal loaf, charismatic loaf. Or you might see yourself as a Catholic loaf or a Lutheran, Presbyterian loaf, a Baptist loaf, a congregational loaf. No, Paul says there is one loaf. There's one bread, one body, and we all partake of that one bread. and That makes us one loaf. We need to understand the ingredients in a loaf of bread. Huh? Did you ever read the ingredients in a loaf of bread? I challenge you, the next time you buy a loaf of bread, take, take time and read the ingredients. Put your glasses on, read the ingredients. You may decide maybe you don't want to eat that bread. Huh? Because they put all kind of preservatives, all kind of chemicals in bread nowadays. But basically speaking, there's only about five ingredients in bread. And what Paul shows, though we be many, we're still one bread and one body. In a loaf of bread, naturally speaking, the ingredients, is, the ingredients are, it, it's flour. Think about it. It's, it's milk. huh? It's salt. It's sugar. It's butter or, or even oil sometimes. Butter or, or, or oil. huh? Then it's yeast. And then you got to put a little water in it. And that's bread. But notice all those ingredients are different. All those ingredients have nothing in common. But when those ingredients come together, when those ingredients come together as one loaf, then that bread is tasty. Come on. That bread is tasty. But can you imagine bread without flour? It wouldn't be bread. Can you imagine bread without milk? Huh? Can you imagine bread without the salt in it, without the sugar, the butter, or the oil? Can you imagine bread without yeast? It wouldn't rise. Can you imagine bread that didn't have any water in it? Only God knows what ingredient you are in the body, in this body of the local church, in the body of Christ universally. You may be the flour, I don't know. You may be the milk. You may be the salt, the sugar. Oh my God, that's sweetness. You may be the oil or the butter. You could even be the yeast. But thank God for the water. Huh? The same way a loaf of bread have different ingredients, but it comes together to make a beautiful loaf, a tasteful loaf, without these ingredients commingling, without these ingredients blending, without these ingredients coming together, then you don't have a, 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 a loaf of bread that, that is tasteful, you have a loaf of bread that is very untasteful. Huh? Somebody said nasty. And we need to understand that no matter what our uniqueness is, no matter who we are, we're adding beauty to the body. We're adding something that's needful and necessary to the church. 
Because we are one loaf. We're one loaf. And without these ingredients, that loaf of bread would not be tasteful. It would be very untasteful. And what makes us tasteful is because we are who we are. By the grace of God, we are who we are. So Paul says, though we be many, communion reminds us that we're still one loaf. One loaf. And I know today as we celebrate the Lord's Supper, we're not going to have one loaf. But you know, in some settings, it's just difficult to have one loaf. But I have been in settings where we've had just one loaf. And everybody would take that one loaf and, and just pinch a piece off of that one loaf. And in doing so, we're, we're recognizing our unity, our solidarity. There's something that God gives us in the spirit. Even though you may, you may say like it's been a while. We haven't seen each other. We haven't been able to meet. We have been forsaken this tenant of ourselves because of this pandemic. But in the spirit of God, on that spiritual realm, we are still one loaf. We still have fellowship with one another. We can still be partners. We can still participate. We can still have social intercourse. And so many of you have been able to do that with social media and modern technology. Somebody ought to say, thank God for Jesus. Glory to God. So the body is able to stay intact. I don't know how long this thing is going to go on. But no matter how long this pandemic goes on, we are still one in the spirit. We are still one. We can still have fellowship. We can still have partnership, participation. We can still have social intercourse. We can still be the people of God. Glory. One loaf is simply oneness. Speaks of union. That's what Paul is saying about communion. The cup of blessing which you would bless is it not communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break is it not communion of the body of Christ? Paul is saying, though we be many, we're still one bread, one body. The first revelation in the Bible that God gave us of this oneness. And this is the way God wants us to be one. But what was his first revelation he gave us of oneness? The first revelation in the word of God of oneness was with Adam and Eve. There in Genesis chapter 2 verse 21, the Bible says that God brought a deep sleep upon Adam and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and he closed the flesh thereof. And then he took the rib taken out of the man and he made a woman. You sisters, I want you to hear that. Man was created, but woman was made. Glory to God. He took the rib out of Adam and he made a woman. Then he presented the woman to the man. He brought the woman to the man. Brothers, you need to hear me. You don't have to go chasing God will bring the woman to you. Somebody ought to say something. He brought the woman to the man. And what did Adam say? Adam saw what God had made. And he went, wow, man. He went, wow, man. In other words, he says, this is bone of my bone. This is flesh of my flesh. 
She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Then God said, therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. There you have the oneness. God showed us from the very beginning, the beginning about oneness. Let me tell you something. If you are married, you have become one with your spouse on many levels. Whether you like it or not. You may say, well, we don't have that much in common. Well, you still have oneness on some level or another. And those of you that are unmarried, perhaps you're dating. Be careful with who you climb under the sheets with. Because when you do, you become one with that person. Huh? We call that a soul tie. In other words, that person has a hook in you and you have a hook in them because of oneness. But it's oneness in all the wrong way. It's oneness in a dark way, a sinful way. But it's still oneness nonetheless. So Adam and Eve became one. So when Eve fell, Adam fell. Eve was deceived and Adam was deliberately disobedient. How could Adam be deliberately, deliberately disobedient? Because he was one with his wife who had been deceived. And everything began to cascade down. And we need to understand that. When one rises in the body, we all rise. If one falls in the body, we've all failed. When one rejoices, we all rejoice. When one suffers, we suffer with them because we're one loaf. One loaf of bread. You may think you have another loaf, but you're not. You may look at some others and say, well, I'm not like them. But you know what? You are like them on some level because we're all ingredients in the same loaf. Ingredients in a loaf of bread will not isolate themselves. Ingredients in the same loaf of bread will never be able to operate effectively by themselves. It takes the flour and the, the sugar and the salt to work together. It takes the milk, the oil and the butter, the yeast and the water to all work together because there are one. They're one loaf. Glory to God. So one is just as in bodily like it was with Adam and Eve. You see, it's just not bodily. And, and, and we may not have bodily oneness in some ways, but we all have, we do have spiritual oneness. So oneness is not just bodily, but it's unity of mind, spirit, and purpose. Let me say that again. It's unity of mind, spirit, and purpose. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10, the apostle Paul said to the Corinthians, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God. I beseech you that you all speak the same thing, that there be no divisions among you, that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. In other words, in the same purpose. What good does it do to have bodily oneness if we're not on the same page, if we're not following the same vision, embracing the same values. So just don't think of oneness as being bodily or physical, but the greatest oneness we can have 
is being of the, the same mind and the same spirit and the same purpose. And whether we're able to come together or not physically, it doesn't take away being of the, be everybody being of the same mind, everybody being of the same spirit, everybody being of the same purpose. The vision continues to live. And it's living in me, it's living in you because we're one loaf. Glory to God. Glory to God. So the cup and the bread not only symbolizes our unity in Christ, listen to this, beloved, it actually creates it. Just don't symbolize it. It creates it. This is why we come together like we are today in the spirit to celebrate the Lord's, spirit, Lord's Supper because it's more than symbolism. So we're not just trying to create. We're just not trying to show a symbol today. We want an opportunity to create, to create this oneness, to create the manifestation of one loaf. 1 John chapter 1, verse 7. John says, but if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, I need you to hear this. John tells us to achieve this oneness this manifestation of being one loaf. He tells us not only where to walk, but he tells us how to walk. He says, but if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. This is why Paul instructed the Corinthians in chapter 11 to let a man examine himself and so let him eat. We don't partake of the Lord's Supper unworthily. If there's something that's going on in us, somebody we have an all against, somebody we holding unforgiveness toward, Paul says, do not partake of this unworthily. This is your opportunity to create that oneness. This is your opportunity to walk in the light as he is in light. This is your opportunity that the blood of Jesus Christ cleanse you of all your sins. This is the opportunity. So let a man examine himself, and so let him eat. In other words, get on board with the rest of this loaf of bread. Glory to God. But if we walk in the light, that's where God wants us to walk as he is in the light. And we have colonia. By the way, that word in 1 John chapter 7, 1 John chapter 1 verse 7, 1 John chapter 1 verse 7, that word fellowship is the same identical word as communion. It's kononia. So let me say it this way. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have kononia. Not only fellowship, we have partnership, we have participation, we have social intercourse with one another Because of God's son, Jesus Christ. And he cleanses us from all sin. All sin. The loaf has to taste right. The loaf has to taste right. And by the way, this loaf is not pre-sliced. It's not sliced. It's not diced. It's just one loaf. One loaf. So in closing, let me say this. We don't partake of the one loaf and the one cup because we are one. But when we, we, be, we become one when we do. Let me say it again. We're not partaking 
of the one loaf and the one cup because we are, but we partake of it. And when we partake of it, then we do become one loaf. We do become one loaf. We endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. That's what Paul told the Ephesians. Ephesians 4 verse 3. We endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Why? There is one body, one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, one Father of all, who is above all, who is through all, and who is in you all. Don't miss that. Paul says he is in you all. How can God be in all of us? Because of one loaf. So the cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion? Is it not communion of the blood of Christ and the bread which we break? Is it not communion of the body of Christ? Though we be many, different things on different folks' mind, different situations different people are facing, different people in different dispositions, but though we be many, we all are partakers of that one loaf and that makes us one in mind, one in the spirit, and one in purpose. Glory to God. Now let us prepare our hearts to celebrate the Lord's Supper. Let us prepare our hearts. So go ahead and, and get your cup. Get it in your hand. And remember that there's a thin layer of plastic that you have to pull back first to access the bread. And then you pull the rest of it back to drink the juice. But let us wait on one another. Let us eat together. Let us drink together. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for that one loaf. And even as we prepare to partake in unity and agreement of the Lord's Supper, would you go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, starting at verse 23, that we may read together. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This is the new covenant. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the blood, the body and the blood of the Lord. 
but let a man examine himself. And so let him eat the bread and drink up the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord, that we may not be condemned with the world. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we just say thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for this time that we can come together with you and be one. You said in your word, Father, that as often as we come together and eat this bread and drink this wine, we proclaim your death. And Father, even as we prepare to take communion, we want to examine ourselves and discern the Lord's body because we do not want to do this unworthily. So Father, we just lift up this wine. We lift up this bread to you. We ask you to bless it. We just ask each one of us to examine ourselves that we'll be one with the body, that we'll be in unity with one mind, purpose, and spirit. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. On the same night in which Jesus was betrayed, he took bread, he blessed it, and he broke it, gave it to his disciples and says, this is my body. Let us now eat of the body of the Lord. The body of the Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ is offered for us on Calvary's cross to preserve our soul and body unto everlasting life. Let us now partake of this body. Let's feed on it by faith in our hearts and be thankful that Jesus Christ died for us. The body of the Lord. Then after the same manner, he took the cup. He offered thanks, and he said to his disciples, this cup is my blood in the new covenant that's shed for many for the remission of sin. The blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that was shed on Calvary's cross in remembrance of Jesus dying for us, let us now take of his blood, let's drink of it and be thankful that Jesus died for us, the blood of our Lord. Amen. Glory to God. Remember, beloved, we're one loaf. So the cup of blessing, which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ and the bread which we break, the same bread which we just partake, took of, is it not communion of the body of Christ? For though we be many, we are one bread, one body, and we all partake of that one bread.
Join us Sunday at Agape Word Fellowship, where Dr. Jerry Maya Williams is your pastor, proclaiming a life-changing message of the agape love and power that God is. For more information, log on now at www.agapeword.net. 1430 South New Hope Road, Agape Word Fellowship.